welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we'll be discussing a recently accepted paper entitled, Immediate Manifestation of Acoustic Trauma in the Auditory Cortex is Layer-Specific and Cell-Type Dependent. This paper was featured in the March issue of APS Select. APS Select is a collection of the very best papers published across all the journals of the American Physiological Society. Before we begin, let's have our guests introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Connie. I'm a research group leader at the LMU Munich and an associate editor of the Journal of Neurophysiology. Hi, I'm Jason Middleton, and I'm an assistant professor at the Louisiana State University Health Sciences Center, and my research focuses on characterizing synaptic circuitry in the auditory cortex. Hi, I'm Andrzej Novak from the Institute of Experimental Medicine, Academy of Sciences of the Czech Republic. I have a degree in physics, but I have devoted my life to neurosciences, and I'm a student of Professor Sika. Hello, I'm Joseph Sika. I'm from the Institute of Experimental Medicine, and I'm chairman of the Department of Auditory Neuroscience. Thank you. Connie, how about starting things off for us? Sure. Joseph, in your study, you demonstrate how exposure to loud sounds not only damages the auditory periphery, but also introduces male adaptive changes in the central parts of the auditory system. So to what extent could such changes, for example, in firing rates, be the result of an adaptation of intrinsic properties of the neurons rather than altered synaptic input? In fact, there has been changes in ion channel composition shown following intense stimulation for the medial nucleus of the trapezoid body, which is a major inhibitory hub in the brainstem. Indeed. For example, it has been shown that the expression of key membrane channels, for example, voltage-gated potassium channel, as KV22, is tightly coupled with the effect of acoustic trauma. Or, as you mentioned, there is a growing amount of data describing short-term plastic changes in the auditory membrane. It is really difficult to say what happens in the auditory cortex, as more specific data regarding the immediate impact of acoustic trauma on the subsequent levels of the auditory pathway are missing. We try to contribute, at least partially, to solving these questions by comparing the impact of acoustic trauma on two levels of the auditory cortex. We observed more pronounced changes in the layer 2 and 3. Andre, uh, your study characterizes the immediate changes in firing properties of neurons in the auditory cortex using two-photon calcium imaging in this model of uh, noise exposure. So in, a, in another focus area, um, namely functional modulation of the auditory cortex, there's a long history of studies showing uh, synaptic changes can be carried out by engaging neuromodulatory inputs uh, along with sensory pathways. Uh, in these studies, you can observe immediate decreases in inhibition followed by increases in excitation and then uh, a successive rebalance of excitation and inhibition. Given that you see similar best frequency shifts in both inhibition and excitation at such a short time period after noise exposure, do you think the same mechanistic principles of reorganization might be uh, in play here? Well, it seems probable that there is not only one game-controlling system in the brain, but uh, rather more cooperating mechanisms might be involved. However, there are only a few studies describing the interaction between neuromodulatory systems and the auditory systems after auditory trauma. Furthermore, as far as I know, only long-term changes were studied. 
Well, we focused on somatostatin-positive interneurons because there is a growing body of evidence from other neurophysiological fields, such as epileptology, that this type of interneurons might be involved in excitation inhibition balance control. Our data suggests that we are probably on the right track. If the acoustic trauma-related changes in the cortex are really due to disinhibition, and there are other studies suggesting that too, what is your hypothesis about the time course of the recovery of this adaptation? You show the onset of adaptation within five minutes of acoustic trauma, but how long will it last before homeostasis is regained? It's difficult to say. The peripheral affrontation is diminished after acoustic trauma, and the observed disinhibition might be a compensatory mechanism and not only a temporal short-term plasticity effect. If it is true and the deterioration of the auditory periphery is permanent or long-lasting, the operating point is inevitable shifted. Other groups have shown the remodeling of the receptive fields lasting for hours after acoustic trauma. We are currently recording new data using two-photon calcium imaging in mice with an implanted cranial window. And this probably will enable us to evaluate the previously observed changes over a much longer course of time. Do you think that any modulatory neurotransmitter systems operating at the level of the cortex could be involved in mediating any of the changes that you're observing? It might be adrenergic in the short-term effects and others such as serotonergic in long-term effects. Well, the latter was partially described in some recent studies. However, much more data needs to be gathered before more specific conclusions can be made. One of the putative candidates is also dopamine, which was repeatedly shown to have strong protective effect against acoustic trauma when directly applied to the cochlea. Do you think that the acute time frame of your recordings is allowing homeostatic, intrinsic and synaptic mechanisms enough time to affect changes in the firing properties you're observing? Or could they be explained in part by an immediate change in afferent ascending drive due to frequency-specific increases in hearing thresholds? Well, we think that both these mechanisms are involved immediately after acoustic trauma. Short-term plasticity should be manifested within minutes, and changes in afferent ascending drive may be relevant even quicker. Our hypothesis concerning specific auditory trauma-induced short-term plasticity will need further examination using complementary methods such as double patch clamp in acute bradycysis. In your discussion, you correctly state that within the subcortical part of the central auditory pathway, sound stimuli are processed intensively and the response maps of individual neurons are shaped by local inhibitory circuits. This suggests that acoustic trauma might also affect inhibition in the subcortical auditory pathway. So how can you untangle changes you find in cortical neurons from changes that are inherited from the lower auditory pathway? This is a very good question and points at the huge amount of work needed to untangle the effects of auditory trauma on individual levels of the auditory pathway. However, as the auditory cortex is the ultimate level of the auditory pathway, one of the best accessible central auditory areas for optophysiological methods, we focus on transformations within the cortex. We choose the granular layer as the main target of thalamocortical projections and supragranular layer 2 and 3 as the main subsequent and the main processing site. 
we observed much more pronounced this inhibitory effect in the later level and therefore we were able to discuss this type of change with respect to the flow of efferent activity regardless of what happened at the lower levels of the auditory pathway. I have one question about the technical side of things. You state that acoustic trauma has the smallest effect on responses of low-frequency neurons in layer 2, 3 and layer 4. So do you think that this could be an effect of the mouse audiogram being less sensitive at the lower frequencies and therefore less affected by the acoustic trauma? Yes, uh, that's what we observed. It's known that uh, high-frequency areas of the cochlea are somewhat more vulnerable as the energy of traumatic stimulus dissipates during the passage through them. In some of our unpublished experiments, several animals were exposed to shorter acoustic trauma stimulus. After one minute of 125 decibels noise, we observed profound ABR threshold shift at higher frequencies. If it's so that the immediate effect of acoustic trauma is proportional to the amount of the efferent energy, auditory nerve fibers saturate during AT at all frequencies and the high frequency part of cochlea after the acoustic trauma fades out immediately, then the hyperactivation of somatostatin positive cells at lower frequencies could be explained. However, our data still provide only clues. It's obvious that untangling the different roles of individual central neurotypes in the acoustic trauma-induced changes is in its early stages only. So this was a really nice study, and, and I think it gave us a deeper understanding of the uh, resultant synaptic and functional properties in the auditory system immediately after noise exposure. But uh, in, in your opinion, is there any uh, immediate consequences of the knowledge gained here for clinical and therapeutic treatments of people suffering from intense acoustic trauma in workplace environments? I suppose it's uh, definitely too early to suggest any specific therapeutic protocol. Nevertheless, further research on the precise role of individual neuron types involved in changes after acoustic trauma will enable us to think about some agent influencing such systems. Interestingly, both research concerning the effect of acoustic trauma and investigation of changes occurring in the central auditory system during aging point to weakness of the inhibitory system. It's very well possible that later on, therapy of post-traumatic changes as well as presbycusis will be oriented on influencing or repairing inhibition. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in today's discussion of the article, Immediate Manifestation of Acoustic Trauma in the Auditory Cortex is Layer-Specific and Cell-Type Dependent, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. Thank you.